Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into UK markets and looking at the wider global economy. We're also going to be discussing a number of UK listed equities. And to do that, we're very kindly joined once more after a bit of a summer break, Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Hello, John. Good to be back. I hope you had a good summer. Yes, yes. Very very good. Very good. It appears we're having a a bit of a late summer here, better late than never. It was, yes. it was roasting here in London yesterday, and it looks as though it's going to be another hot one today. So, I likewise, hope you had a good summer yourself. Yeah, it, it, it's been uh, well. Um, August was uh, one to forget, really, but but certainly, certainly the last few days, it's it's picked up here and down the south coast. It's uh, extremely hot. So, so yeah, um, I, I think we're going to have the. Uh, well, it, it's called the Indian summer, isn't it? It's uh, it's, it's just that late summer that uh, finally arrives. And uh, um, hopefully, anyway, hopefully we'll lose some of this humidity en route. Yes, I think we're due a thunderstorm at, at some point. Mm. So it seems as though September, Alan, back back with a bang mm. in, in, in markets. You know, it, I, I think we're, we're seeing liquidity just starting to pick up. Uh, in some of the, the stocks that we're going to discuss a little bit later on in the podcast uh, within the small cap and growth area of, of the market. But we'll start off with looking at the main market. and We're actually going to discuss a company that's reported this week, FTSE 100 house builder Barrett Developments, reported yesterday. So we're going to touch on their results. But we'll start off with some data now, Alan, that we've had this morning. And just looking here at the FTSE 100, we are seeing some weakness out there. And you know, we we did see a rally last week, but that's starting to ebb slightly. This this level here at around seventy three hundred, we are above it at the moment, seventy three ninety. But that's quite a key level. Looking mm. at technical formation that we've got, we're starting to form a, a descending wedge here in, in markets, and that level there that's around seventy three hundred, just below, it, it is quite key. And it looks as though on the FTSE one hundred, we've made a series of lower highs going back to to April. So that's going to be quite key. And we're seeing a bit of weakness out there uh, today. One of the big drivers that we're seeing this morning, Alan, though, is some data out on UK housing. Now, I mentioned that we're going to be discussing Barrett Developments later on in the podcast. They saw some weakness in their share price yesterday. But this data this morning on housing data in, in terms of the UK house prices, we did actually see another fall, and we're seeing both Nationwide now and Halifax saying the house prices are, are the worst in terms of the declines that we've seen for, for for some time. I mean, it's actually 14 years now in terms of the year-on-year data that, that we're seeing. And we're seeing a bit of weakness out there in house prices. That's helping drag the, the, the FTSE 100 lower, Alan. But, I mean, in terms of... You know, the way the things are shaping up at the moment, of course, the, the chat this year has always been about interest rates. But we're looking now at a situation where possibly the Bank of England hikes once, may, maybe twice this year. And then we, we, we see a plateauing, you know, from a strategic standpoint. And, and we're looking at the, you know, the setup in these markets. Do you think there's just everybody sitting on the, the sidelines waiting for this pause from the Bank of England, waiting for a sustained pause from the Federal Reserve 
And do you think we'll start to see cash coming back into the markets then? Or do you think, and this is something that we did discuss previously on, on the podcast, that the the reason that they pause is is very much due to, to data like we've seen this morning, which is which is one of a slowing economy here in the UK, of course, slowing, slowing house prices, that there may be this shift towards people putting their attention onto growth figures if we're seeing slowdown in the US as as we're seeing down seeing here in the in the housing market do you think that that saps a bit of optimism out of the markets or do you think it's really just an interest rate story at the moment and if we see interest rates paused by the Bank of England Federal Reserve and the and, and the ECB that we that we see this rally that people are hoping for well, let's not forget, John, it, um, the interest rate uh, strategy employed by the Bank of England is a blunt tool, but it's um, it's there to suppress inflation. They've they've been looking to get on top of inflation, and we're now seeing inflation fall to single figures, uh, albeit high single figures. But the trend is definitely uh, uh, the trend certainly seems to have broken that uh, inexorable rise that we saw in inflation at the start of this year through to the summer. So um, that to me is what this is all about. And and I think uh, we're going to see uh, that we're going to have casualties along the way. And obviously, house prices uh, in particular over the summer, you know, we're, 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 we've seen this 4.6% um, uh, drop in house prices during August. Um, but it, 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 it's a it's a funny thing, you know, I, I, I think um, that's the general picture, but there will always be houses where people have put uh, offers in because they like the property location 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 we're hearing about and on a personal level uh, my mother's property um in a little village in east sussex uh, sold um sold a few weeks ago and uh, my mum is now in her smaller bungalow so so that that's although there are a few there are a few sort of hitches along the way it went through quite quite quickly quite, quite quickly quite smoothly and also we got a good price for it too, so so I I think it's a subjective thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it, clearly it's worrying. At the same time, with the housing market, we've got to um, keep the housing market point through bringing first time buyers in, and that's key to it too. So any fall in the housing market uh, really um, will help that process, and it'll keep the it'll keep the cycle going. So this is a correction, but um, I think uh, what. Uh, the markets are waiting to see is whether this sustained run of interest rate hikes will continue to have that dampening effect on inflation. And those are the numbers that I believe will be critical to uh, driving the economy as we go forward. And then, of course, uh, if that sustained uh, action does prove to help, uh, does prove to be, to be the solution, um, then eventually one would hope that the Bank of England and uh, the US Fed will take their foot off the interest rate rises and we'll start to see interest rates come back down again. And that's certainly something the markets have been pricing in up until really yesterday and earlier on this week when we saw Saudi Arabia and Russia cut, I think it's one million barrels per day production, which which has caused a tick up in oil prices. That will be a real headache for, for central banks. So mm. it'll be interesting to see whether these higher oil prices start to filter through to higher prices at the pump that will have a big impact on on inflation yes. which is a shame really because you know we're just starting to see inflation fall it's fallen dramatically in the US and we're starting to see it ebb away here in the UK so if if it, if it is petrol prices that that does 
bump inflation back up again. It may tr- prove to be something that's transitory and doesn't last that long. But that's going to be something that's closely watched. And of course, we've got meetings from the Bank of England and the Federal Reserve this month. They're going to be closely watched to see what they do on interest rates and also giving some idea of their thinking on interest rates going forward. So we've been talking about interest rates, it seems, uh, pretty much uh, every podcast for the last two years now, Adam. Yes. But uh, <laughs> I, I, th- I think it, I think it's still going to be a, a topic on the next podcast for, for sure. Um, but we're going to move on now. We're going to discuss a company that's really suffering from this drop in, in, in um, housing activity, um, of course, you know, falling house prices do not do them any favours, but it's more that the falling completions that was the concern at Barrett Developments, Alan. So they reported yesterday. What did their figures look like? It was a, it was a good set of figures. Uh, I, I, but I think, it, again, um, that they can be read so many ways. I mean, we had an increase, a 1% increase in full year revenues to $5.3 billion. Underlying operate, uh, operating profit fell um, 18%. Uh, completions, of course, declined 3.9%. And when you look at the actual uh, house price drop in August, um, the actual year-on-year house price drop is is, is um, 4% or 4.6%. The Halifax uh, had expected uh, the a drop of uh, 3.5%, uh, you know, based on the previous year's drop or, or the previous period drop of 2.5%. Um, but... Uh, but home completions, uh, of course, have have uh, stalled somewhat. Um, and Barrett said, you know, it's going to be difficult for uh, uh, the, the market conditions will be difficult in the coming months. Um, and uh, and that uncertainty, of course, has uh, played across to the share price and the share price of its peer group. And we're seeing we're seeing companies uh, in the sector. Um, we're seeing. We're seeing the share prices depressed or falling. But let's not forget, you know, the house price and markets, it's a cyclical process. So if you stand back and just look at what's happened over history, you'll see the cycle of um, you, 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 you'll see the cycle of uh, higher interest rates, uh, lower profitability um, and also lower land prices, too. So um, uh, one of the key things that Barrett has uh, at its disposal, it, uh, it doesn't have any debt, and it has a 1.1 billion cash pile. You know, which is a huge cash pile by any standards. So it's got the time to be able to deploy that cash pile um, as it sees fit. It has also said that it's uh, it's put the brakes on spending for land banks for the moment. So of course, this fall in house prices and land prices plays into its strategy because it can then pick up land at knockdown prices um, and then of course that land goes into the bank two three four five ten years down the road they build up that they build on that land when when land prices and house prices have risen again so they've already made a profit on the land of course they then make the profit from from selling the property so so that's part of the barrett model so what we're seeing is just uh, um you know normal service in effect um uh for a company that's uh, that's really looking strategically long term as to at, at, at the best way to play these markets and the best way to position itself for the future. So I think Barrett's uh, really crisis. What crisis at the moment? Uh, you know, as you say, John, we saw the share price slip slightly yesterday. But you know, the company 
is paying a, a dividend of well over 8%. And if there are any further share price falls, then this is going to look like, look, look like a bargain. So you could pick up the stock at these levels now, hold on to it for a year. You might see a capital increase and then you'll receive a dividend that hopefully will be in excess of um, inflation. So your money is going in real terms. So, you know, I think at these levels, it looks uh, something of a bargain. Yes, I mean, it was interesting to see the amendments they made to their dividend policy yesterday in the, in the release. It looks as though that they're, they remain committed to distributing that cash power that they have, even though that they're seeing falling completions, you know, they're, they're sort of falling operating profit was to be expected, mm. but it, you know, it wasn't a destruction of their, their operating profit. And they still sold over 17,000 properties yeah. in the in the last year, which is huge, huge numbers there. So things may get worse. Me personally, I have some limit orders in some house builders. I think we've seen that decline. We haven't seen yet that capitulation, mm. which would signal a bottom in the, in, in the sector for me. So I think we may see a little bit of, of downside. It could get a little bit violent, but I think that downside will be pretty short-lived. So I think you have to be relatively nimble. But as you said, Alan, looking at these these house builders, they're, they're, you know, the ultimate cyclical stock yeah, really for yeah. the FTSE 100 with the exposure to the UK markets. You know, you, you look at these and, you know, particularly we mentioned here Barrett Developments, but of course, uh, Persimmon as well and, you know, how they were picking up and of course, Taylor Wimpy picking up land on the cheap after the financial crisis. And, you know, that's really filtering through into numbers still now. So you know, they see the opportunity to put that cash to work, to pick up more land, mm. That sets them up for the next two, three, five, ten years from this point forward. So these in the long term, these downturns in the property market are what these companies actually need. It's just not particularly pretty in the in the meantime. No, indeed. So, yeah. uh, to, to, just just two further points on that too, John. The um, Barris also said that uh, the, the the building costs, you know, the cost of materials seems to have plateaued as well. And of course, we, we're all very much aware of the impact inflation has had on building materials. Uh, you know, you, you, I'm sure you've all seen the cost of timber, cost of cost of mortar, you know, it's all gone up, but uh, those costs seem to have plateaued now. And also politically too, if the Labour Party secures victory going forward, um, it's going to, it's, its strategy is, is expected to, as one of its cornerstones, to su- provide support for house building, particularly in the social housing sector. And of course, Barrett's is very well positioned in social housing to benefit from that. Yes, yeah, that that uh, that would be a big positive, I think. Not for all house builders, but but for some of those who specialise in that in that area. And of course, I think it's a story that undoubtedly we'll be picking up again on the podcast later on the year when we get more updates on house builders as well as UK house prices. So we're going to move on now, Alan. And I mentioned at the beginning that there seems to be a bit of life coming back into to the A market and the small cap market. And of course, we do discuss regularly companies within that area of, of the market. And we're going to move on now and discuss one such company that, that really looking at the share price life has come back into it as, as we moved out of the, the lull of August into September. Tech Capital, looking at the, the shares here, up about 7% this morning. It's had a 
Another update to add to a string of updates over the past two weeks for their portfolio companies. So what's the driver of the price there this morning, Alan? Well, I think uh, the, the driver of the price for Tech Capital is uh, are, are a series of very positive developments from their investee companies. Um, so I, I, I'll just go through quickly and summarise the uh, the the uh, the investments that uh, the tech has uh, across its uh, range of, um, of investments. Also worth mentioning too that Tech Capital, um, we're based at Sussex Innovation Centre, and of course uh, the Innovation Centre is there to spin out uh, uh, university technology and developments into the commercial sector. So, so tech is very much um, uh, engaged with this process, uh, but it has a huge network um, of. Uh, of universities throughout the world and it's also got a database of technologies for investors so so if you want to invest into a particular sector uh, tech capital through its app can provide you with um with the the opportunities uh in that sector also where those opportunities exist what universities what companies and so on so it, it's a it's a very comprehensive um, offering from that standpoint. But um, tech's own valuation really is based on four key investments. Um, it has an investment in a company called Bellascura on AIM, which it owns about just over 11% of. Um, and the company provided a very useful update a few weeks ago on the 17th of August on these companies. Um, Bellascura, of course, announced uh, uh, on the 16th of August purchase orders for six and a half thousand of its, of its uh, portable oxygen concentrators and these are uh, these are oxygen uh, uh, generators for people uh, with respiratory uh, diseases particular COPD um, sufferers um, and uh, there's this 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 single order alone um, represents some 15 million dollars of potential revenue into Bellascura so you know that that's a big step forward of course the Bellascura share price jumped and of course that provided a driver for the tech capital share price too. And certainly, you look over the last month. I mean, tech has re the tech share price has really, really taken a big step forward um, over over that period. Um, and in fact, the, uh, the last the last five days um, were up new uh, share prices up nearly twenty three percent. Then, of course, um, uh, Microsoft, the company owns ninety seven percent of the share capital of Microsoft, and Microsoft is steadily progressing towards a planned IPO on AIM. And of course, uh, it's again, the simplest idea is always the best. Um, salt grains that are 30% smaller contain much less sodium. Um, and uh, of course, uh, this is attracting the attention of key players in the snack food industry. Um, and uh, of course, the you know, the, the snack food industry is absolutely huge, but that creates an awful lot of health problems in the US. So if there's a way to retain the flavor, retain the attractiveness, the attraction of the, of the snack and lose most of the sodium, then that's going to be very attractive. And this is what the, the Microsoft uh, uh, offering is based on. And indeed, this morning, the further, further good news, um, Microsoft has failed a new filed new patent to improve baked goods. So, of course, the baked bread market, absolutely enormous market, um, just patented uh, a recipe to improve baked goods using its uh, its own proprietary um, Microsoft uh, uh, granules. So the company's also provided uh, further updates recently on guidance. And of course, guidance is, um, guidance is, is uh, a, a key asset for the group. Um, it owns pretty well um, 
uh, all of the share capital and uh, guidance uh, specialised in providing remote monitoring control centres uh, for um, autonomous vehicles. Um, and, and of course, the, we're seeing these vehicles here and there on various university campuses and they're now being deployed. Some uh, so autonomous cabs are being deployed in various cities throughout the US and it's uh, it's still very much in its infancy. But of course, this uh, this uh, control system is is going to be extremely important for the future and Guidant is one of the key movers in that. But, um, but uh, as well as the um, uh, real-time monitoring and controlling systems, the company has also been working in other areas and a big step forward was announced recently from Guidance um, with its, its regenerative shock absorbers. So with an electric vehicle, of course, you have the regen or the regenerative braking system. So whenever you put the brakes on, um, that charge uh, it, that charge goes back into the battery to to uh, to help extend the the range of the vehicle. Now, um, Guidant have uh, developed a, uh, a, a, a developed a system which uses the movement of the suspension to provide the same recharging process. And um, and I can see really that's probably if if it's an efficient system, it's going to provide even more recharge for the batteries than the. The, than the braking process, because of course, uh, particularly driving around the bumpy roads in the UK, I think most suspension systems get thoroughly tested. So, um, so I think that's go that's going to be hugely important, and it's a really innov in innovative solution to to that issue. So, looking forward to hearing more about that from Guidant, and then of course, uh, um, the company has its investment in innovative eyewear, Lucid. Um, of course, this company's listed on Nasdaq. Uh, tech currently holds uh, about forty percent of the stock in the company. Um, there was about seventy percent IPO, but of course, it's uh, uh, since the IPO, the uh, the company uh, 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 tech capital has sold down uh, some of the stocks to bring cash into the business. Um, and uh, the, the the most recent fundraise, uh, which which uh, uh, a secondary offering. Um, has been used to uh, always been used to develop uh, new tran transitional blue light blocking lenses to uh, to maximize utility and eye, and eye protection. Um, also, the company is using ChatGPT for its uh, smart eyewear. So, of course, uh, that's the the big attraction. Um, if you're walking around with this with these lucid glasses on, then uh, you can actually see where you're going. Um, so many people, of course, walk around staring into their mobile phones and. There are an awful lot of road accidents um, uh, because of the, because of uh, actually created by that uh, that problem. So of course the the lucid glasses partly solves that problem. So that's really to summarise. You know, tech tech capital has this array of investments, um, and and uh, these developments have really started to drive the share price. But I think also um, with a market capitalisation of just twenty two million, the uh, the collective the collective uh, investment uh, uh, valuation is probably somewhere north of um, 40 to 45 pence uh, a share. I think we've, we've spoken about this before, Jonathan, and uh, and I think there have been um, several independent valuations of tech capital. And I think, um, you know, what often happens is when, when investments start to come to fruition like this and companies, uh, investing companies develop their businesses, then that valuation gap is closed. And I think we're now seeing that process start to roll forward with uh, Tech Capital. Indeed, I know there were some notes put out on Tech Capital recently, but since then we've seen a big tick up in some of the underlying 
uh, portfolio companies, particularly uh, Bellascura, and, and one would think, sort of looking at the the, the, the navs of, of companies such as Microsoft, you know, when we start to see those be uh, revalued again in the, in the next report, of course, Microsoft uh, proposed IPO coming up this year. That will give it its own valuation. Yeah. So, you know that that is to be to be seen what that valuation may be. But looking at what it was on the on the balance sheet here, one would think that there's a there's a sharp tick up in the underlying valuation for for, for tech capital there. And, and one thing that I'm certainly looking at with some interest is a move by Guidant yesterday to set up a new subsidiary to put the, the the shock absorbers in it's it's a move i feel to to unlock value for for tech capital shareholders by by doing that so it'll be interesting to see the interest they get they've done some tests recently on that so that's certainly one to watch the new subsidiary called revive energy solutions subsidiary of of guidance so Certainly interesting times ahead for tech capitals. We're going to move on now, Alan, and finish on Cadence Minerals, one that we spoke about on the podcast previously this year. We've welcomed CEO Kieran Morzaria to the podcast. He's also presented on UK Investor Magazine virtual presentation earlier on the year. There's a, there's a lot happening with this company. Again, it's a, it's, a, it's a minerals company, but it's an investment company similar to Tech Capital. It, it has a diverse range of, of metals within the, the, the portfolio and, of course, some exposure to, to rare earth. So what's the latest from Cadence, Alan? Well, Cadence uh, has a, a portfolio of assets, um, uh, which, of course, include uh, rare earth minerals. It, uh, um, they include um, uh, iron ore and, of course, lithium. Um, so in, uh, to summarise each, uh, each uh, investment the company holds, um, uh, it has a stake in the Yanjibana Rare Earth Project in Australia, and this is um, this this is through a shareholding in the owner operator company uh, Hastings Technology Metals, which is ASX listed, um, and that company recently announced the appointment of a new chief executive. So, the um, that project's also received Australian gov- Australia government grant grant funding to fast track the development because the. Uh, the good rare earth projects um, outside of China are few and far between. So it's a it's a strategically a very important asset for Australia to to have. So looking forward to hearing more on that. Um, in terms of lithium, uh, um, Cadence has uh, a stake in um, Evergreen Lithium, which recently listed on the um, ASX in Australia. Also, um, it has. Uh, um, um, Evergreen Lithium has a number of uh, assets in Central Australia. Um, the uh, the the buy now asset is contiguous with the with Core Lithium's finished project, um, which is uh, which is uh, a long established uh, lithium project in Central Australia. Um, and uh, the the company also has another uh, lithium project called the Kenny Project. And uh, we've been hearing about various developments from the company since it's IPO'd. And uh, again. Cadence has a key stake in in that too, uh, and that's an equity stake, which of course it can sell into. Um, the company also has uh, a stake in the um, Sinovec Lithium project through a shareholding in uh, European Metals Holdings, um, and this is uh, this is a, a, a key. It, it's uh, Sinovec is developing into a key hub for um, for the. Uh, 
European EV industry and the battery industry. Um, Cadence currently holds just under 7% of uh, uh, European metals holdings. Um, and uh, indeed, the, the, the project is based on the, on the uh, German-Czech border. Um, and uh, the, the most recently developed from that was the, uh, that uh, the Sinovet project company, Geomet, had secured an industrial site for construction of the Sinovec lithium plant. So they have the, the mine is of course there. The the quality of the lithium uh, carbonate has been proven, and they're now building um, the, they're now building a lithium plant uh, uh, within easy access of, of the mine. So that's really coming to fruition and really coming to market very soon. So in addition to that, the company also owns a stake in the. Sonora Lithium Project, and this is through uh, Mexilit and Megalit, uh, two concessions, um, and these are very much long-term long-term projects. However, there is a bit of an issue at the moment with the with uh, the Mexican government, which is uh, which is trying to reclaim or renationalize a lot of the uh, of the uh, lithium projects. But um, the, the Sonora Lithium Project, of course, is now owned by Gang Feng, the largest lithium company in the world, a Chinese company, um, and uh, the Mexilit and Megalit concessions are part of the Sonora concession. And should they be mined, will that it would be expected that uh, that the mining process would start in about nine years' time. So it, it's very much a long-term project for Cadence, and it's not one that represents a significant. Uh, a significant uh, asset on the balance sheet at present. And then, of course, finally, we come to the company's uh, flagship Amapa iron ore project. And uh, this is this is uh, hugely key to the group. The um, Amapa uh, iron ore mine is in, is in northeastern Brazil, in the state of Amapa. And uh, it was valued in 2012 by the then owner Anglo-American at over $600 million. There was then a, a collapse in the uh, iron ore price um, and also uh, the the company running the Amapa iron ore mine uh, fell into administration and uh, uh, at the same time there was a a, a collapse at the Amapa port uh, at the Santana port which is part of the Amapa package so the Amapa package represents this huge iron ore mine um, it represents a railway and also the port of Santana so it's it's very much uh, it's very much uh, um, a standalone entity that can produce and ship uh, directly from from the mine. Um, so over the past uh, uh, few years, the the mine and the and the infrastructure has gradually been brought back into production. Um, it, it, it's it's been refurbished, not brought back in the, into production. Um, the, the the company's currently going through um, a, a recommissioning process. Um, it has all the necessary approvals in place. Um, the company re-established a higher mineral resource estimate. Um, and uh, it's exciting times for Amapa. Cadence holds 30% at the moment of the entire Amapa project, which is a huge amount of money. And when you look at the when you look at the combined valuation for all of the assets has, you'd be you'd be expecting to see a company, you know, with a valuation somewhere in the region of thirty to forty million. But Cadence at six point seven p is valued at just over twelve million, um, and this was picked up. Um, I know it was picked up by you, John, in, in a note last year, but also the investment house Edison picked this up too, um, and it simply said 
you know, cadence is a mining focused investment company with unlisted investment assets that the market appears to be mispricing. Its portfolio of public equities accounts for 10 million of its 12.7 million market cap, leaving an implied compliant value of two and a half million for its 30% stake in the Amapara Iron Ore project and its minority stake in Sonora. Um, in our view, each of these is worth more than this, and they believe a conservative base case valuation is £45 million um, pounds sterling, or 26p a share. Um, and uh, yeah, that basically adds a further, th- a further sort of 37, 38p to the, the share price. And Edison also have a high case valuation of 57p per share. So we're, we're so far adrift. But I mean, I know we can look at other companies and 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 uh, and you know see that other companies are undervalued too in the peer group. But I think Cadence in particular, there's the market has just just missed a trick here because a mapper is hugely valuable. You know, having been valued ten years ago, just over ten years ago, at six hundred million dollars on a standalone basis. Indeed, there's there's a big disconnect there, not only between Cadence and the current share price. And their valuation, but it, I think it's it's across that that entire junior explorer and junior miner uh, sector at the moment. You know that's one that is one of the one of the sectors that's usually at the fore, forefront of any rally in in the small cap space. We put out an article very recently which highlighted a number of economic indicators which could be seen as as forward indicators to some extent of of the aim market. And how they're aligning. We've seen we've seen a pretty pretty soft summer out there for for Raymond and some of the small caps and companies like Cadence have, have got huge huge disconnects now between the the underlying valuation. And if you go back through history, you can see a very quick re-rate in in these companies. Yeah. So certainly mm-hmm. welcome for, for people listening to this. Do go and do your own research and have a look at both of those companies we discussed there in that area because potentially exciting times. Ahead of those. So, Alan, thank you for joining the podcast today. Thank you, John. So, just as a recap of the stocks we did, the stocks we discussed, it was Barrett Developments, uh, ticker BDEV. It was then Tech Capital with a ticker of TEK. Finished off with Cadence Minerals uh, with a ticker of KDNC. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.